Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to Wrestle Culture. <clears throat> Mammy, can I come over after NXT? NXT. We can watch Stax and Tony D. Tony D. Were you tempted to join the way? Join the way. Screw that. You're in the f***ing judgment, judgment day. day. Judgment day. You know he's not the little boy that he used to be. He's all grown up now, man. Can't you see? Dirty Dog is a champion. His dad's a deadbeat. Tell me where I am wrong. Mommy, did you see? He went and pinned Wesley. I know it might be wrong, but... Dirty Dom is champion. I'm <laughs> from Walk Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of Walk Culture, Michael Havlett and Michael Sidgwick. Here to review everything that happened in the past week. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We review. <laughs> pay-per-views, premium live events, <laughs> interviews, roundtable discussions, and round-up of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick for the final time ever, <laughs> it seems, um, because we're all going away for a little while, aren't we? Sort of. Sort of. Starts, Don't worry. Starts now, doesn't it? Like a six to eight week period. Well, there's going to be three Dudley soon. So that's the main one. Hey. That's going to be you out of action. Myself and Sidge have various different school summer holiday things to navigate, actual nice holidays to have, all that kind of stuff. Well, like mid-September, we're all hoping to be back as normal. Like yeah. Yeah. And then maybe a big surprise to make up for us. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll still get loads of pods out. They just won't be this kind of professional nah, operation. Nah, 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 nah. You won't get the sort of quality you got in your intro. Does it feel different when you're doing a song? For me and Sidge, and say, like, Phil and Nicholas. Yeah. We're a different... Or you're used to doing one version of yourself for the weekly podcast, and then you get both of us. Yeah. Front row for you at your wrestle culture best. Yeah. It is my parents showing up to my gig with my mates, effectively. <laughs> you're like into that sort of thing, are you? Yeah. That's the second time I've covered Stacey's mom in the last about four months, because I did Stu Grayson... Has got it going on. But I think this was better. Sorry, Is that when he got re-signed? Yeah, yeah. Slow week. I was going to say, what yeah. was the week when that came I like Stu Grayson, but that is a slow news week, that. Yeah. So, guys, is he going to leave the Dark Order? <laughs> um, but we have to talk about Dominic Mysterio as champion. We haven't even had a chance to talk about your thoughts on this, have we? It was brilliant. Those are my thoughts in a nutshell. It was absolutely brilliant. I didn't sense to sort of... Contradicts slightly a video that you can watch on What Culture where it's like WWE trolls the internet and I think Ian Murray covered it uh -huh. because there was immediately that sense of, oh God, what have they done? Like I caught the news a little bit later because I wasn't able to watch the show first thing and I didn't sense much disdain for the decision. I think people got it. I think people know, the few people who watch NXT are kind of ready for anything. 
when they tune in on a Hell Tuesday yeah. night, Wednesday morning. Ready for absolutely you, by the way. You see that number that Dom did? Yeah. yeah. Dominic Mysterio is a bigger draw than CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. And, uh, and I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? He's like the opposite of Edge, basically, isn't he? When he goes on a show, the ratings go up. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 uh, and I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? I've spoken by the only man older than Edge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like NXT's audience is on the grow. And obviously a lot of that is because of Slick Nick's like strategic use of the main roster over the last few months. But I think Dominic Mysterio feels like the um, transgression that that division needed. Like Wesley will either get the title back or will regain his credibility in no time because he can queue. And you're probably going to get a triple threat out of it. It's this. It's a crime. Like they've sort of by default made this North American title feel more important by the fact that Dominic Mysterio is holding it. Mm. There is that genuine feeling of how dare he. So it's less of a... So excited for Raw on Monday with all the... I've got a belt. I've got a belt. I've effectively got a belt because I've got the money in the bank briefcase and I'm Finn Balor. Also brilliant. Like genuinely a nice little moment between them. He's a, <laughs> he's a he's a donkey tonk man. Yeah, like he's going to lose it anyway. It was the point I was going to make. He was, he's going to lose it, but they've got everything they could have wanted to offer already, and he's not even had the belt a week. Yeah, feels like it felt like a talking point. Uh, he, the draw stuff, obviously, it's a result of these weeks of bringing main roster wrestlers down and genuine interest in the product. And Tony D's homecoming was this week as well. But. The people that didn't see him lose it, uh, see him win it, might tune in to see him lose it. Hell yeah. I, th- I think it's good stuff, just in general. And the match wasn't a disaster. There was one botch that I reckon I think was, that, was almost disaster. Was, I think that was sort of an Omega Osprey botch, you know, like a oh, tiger sh- driver. I was also thinking of that match while I was watching. <laughs> yeah. That was a good thing. Dave's been too scared to give it a star rating. Yeah. That's because it fell under. <laughs> yeah. So the crack is Dave will uh, rate every match that he watches on pay-per-view. He will only select matches to rate if he deems them on television above three and a half stars. So there's your fact. Ooh, if it's in Tokyo three Dome. and a half stars and over. So he went three what and a half. What were you going to say, you stupid? It was in the Tokyo Dome. You know. <laughs> they went three and a half stars maximum for Riddle Gunther from Raw. No, if he went for that, mm. he would have rated it. That's what I mean. So he's, the most he's got in his head is three and a quarter. I presumably it's not unlike it's weird that yeah especially when he's very generous as Dave yeah like increasingly very very generous but yeah I think the stereo winning's a good bit of business yeah genuinely like mix, I, mix up down there you know Nakajima had that five and a quarter star which he which technically now is the best match in the history of pro wrestling Noah I can't imagine it's better than Masawa Kabashi from 2003 <laughs> I just cannot imagine that it's like inflation, isn't it, basically? Like, oh, a loaf of bread used to cost this, and now... Aye, like we have to talk about these things in old money. Yeah. Kurt Angle's had, like, 50 old money <laughs> yeah. five-star matches. I remember that, um, the Omega Ricardo one that broke the scale. Yeah, was, didn't break the scale. Which one broke the scale? Or uh, which one, sorry, there... Do you not follow Dave on Twitter? He says this every f***ing day. <laughs> He's got <laughs> ten things that he says over and over again. And I genuinely don't follow him for that reason. I couldn't take the... Right, okay, yeah, I could, okay, I couldn't take okay. So he says 10 things all the time. People say the Young Bucks are, you know, taking wrestling too far. Try telling that to um, Carl Gotch, who said the same thing about Holly Ray, so it happens all the time. He also says that, um, Dave, you've never taken a bump in your life. Neither did one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> And yet, you believe his opinions about wrestling. Was it a bit of that as well? Like, oh, if you go to a restaurant, can you not critique food because you're not a chef? Yes. He says that's the example. And he's got these various, various things that he says. What was I talking about before I went into that? <laughs> it wasn't Omega Car that broke the scale. It was the, the uh, other one. Of the one other things one. on this list is, <laughs> yeah, 1989 called and they want the take back. That's when I broke it. <laughs> he said that there was a, he said, he gave. A very famous, one of the trilogy matches um, between Flair and Steamboat, five stars, in 1989. And said that there was a match that they worked at a house show earlier that day in a different town that was even better. So he's technically gone better than five yeah. in 1989. And in fact, the star rating is originally um, an 
sort of developed by Jim Cornette and is it Norm Dooley? Yeah. That went four originally, like uh, Roger Ebert. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. And then they um, extended it to five when they saw something that was better than a four. Mm-hmm. So they were doing it before Dave. Ah. Well, what I was going to say was the Omega Ricardo match drew conversation around how big that rating was. Like, how, how have they done this? And it's the no example you just gave, Sige? Like yeah. five and a quarter. Like we were talking in the office. I hadn't heard these. Sige has got, Sige is a really good Dave whisperer. So, yes. or Dave listener. One or the other, because he hears the way Dave speaks and then predicts the rating off the back of it. I get these secondhand because I don't listen to Dave. And I knew that the tag match from Collision was going to go five plus because of the language in yeah. which Dave described it. Yeah. So there's obviously like cheat codes and there's reveals. He's not got a good poker face for these sort of things. I don't know. They've got a podcast, has he? Apparently so. Yeah. Has his podcast been described as one of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- Probably. Keep, keep plugging away. Anyway, one day. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Blood and Guts? We didn't have you on the Dynamite review yesterday. It's just a nice bit of housekeeping. Yeah, it was all right. It, I liked... Me and Sid were talking about this over the desk this morning, our first chance to do so, and I think I'm going to like elements of the match way more when certain stories reveal themselves. I didn't like that. I didn't like the setup to the pack Claudio match, nor did I like... It kind of betrayed the finish. Yeah, he was Pat just, just leaving. It was it's a surrender, really, in real terms. Um, I thought the Takeshita exit could have been handled more theatrically. Like I would have wanted the elite to sort of spy the opportunity to round on him slightly, mm-hmm. and then Callis to sort of almost rescue him at the last minute, get out of here, and then you've got that him and Kenny visual save for another day. Um, the I love the idea of what could happen next with John Moxley as the guy who basically turned heel or accepted the trappings of being a heel because he submitted to Hangman Page via choke chain and has now had to surrender on somebody else's behalf because of it and has seen, and you know what, maybe I wasn't going down the right path because even when I've gone down this route, my little friends suffered the same fate I did. And I want to see this like character shift from Oxley and the mm. BCC as a result. So we'll let all that play out. I thought the match was a little bit drab, truthfully. I didn't. We talk about matches now. The good wrestling is in abundance to the point where, by the end of the week, what are the matches you remember? Mm. It's like there's loads of four star matches. Like Dave Ratings, you could do this every week for probably a match off most shows, Dynamite especially. Uh, and just in terms of like really memorable weapon spots, even now, I'm only really thinking of the thumbtack shoe because they made it look exactly like the one out of Fight Forever in an awesome bit of corporate synergy. <laughs> the shoe has never looked like a surgical boot before, but it does on Fight Forever, and I'm pretty sure that's why they, yeah. there's been something every week that's, te- that's tied into the game, and I think that was it. And the pack spot, because it was so urgent. Normally, you used to like somebody doing the monkey bars bit across an elimination chamber and spending ages and you're staring at it, whereas Pac is like, Jesus Christ, what's it doing up there? Oh my God, double foot yeah. stop. I loved how like in the moment, I think Sigi was saying like the weapon spots felt like, oh, this is ideal and opportune. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're in this double cage and it's like, right, now I'm going to put this table over here and I'm going to put yeah, this, yeah. these pins over there. Everything sort of felt like the table one was the only time I really they felt them, it in the, the moment. They put them down for one spot. And then kept revisiting it, like with a glass. Yeah. Like it was just there. And it was like, well, I'm going to put you through the glass. It's there. And I just thought that was so well done. The, the bed of nails, which I later found out was the screwdriver bed. I like the, be- the best use of it. Got it. I did call it. Brilliant call. Like my favorite bit of that was it scraping Kenny Omega's arm. Mm. Not people getting slammed into it because I felt that, like, 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 get away from that. This, everything around you is going to hurt mm. you. So I like that. Otherwise, too long too drab, I don't think the match works. I, like, I love and understand wrestling's obsession with it because I earnestly believe... It's a massive draw. Well, a, by AEW standards, it is. It's a deep love of something from wrestling's past, and it's unique and different enough that it absolutely draws ratings and attention and interest and conversation. 4,000 tickets sold. Amazing. On the back of that match being announced. Yeah, like, you, you're going to keep doing it, but I just, I don't know. Like extra on top of what they'd already yeah. done. I didn't Which think it touched the... Like MJF Adam Cole tag match, didn't think it touched it. Like that'll be my f- takeaway oh, from yeah. Bloody Dynamite. Dance off was awesome. The whole thing, whole thing ruled. The segment in the restaurant was a bit dumb, but the, everything out, everything that they did in front of the live audience was perfect. Quick thoughts on Kota Ibushi. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's his, what third match in two years or something, Sage. I, uh, I, I, I'm sympathetic to everything he's experienced mentally and physically over the last few years, um, and it 
made absolute sense to promote him as something the BCC simply can't handle. When he was announced as a fifth man, it's like you thought you had us beat with your five. You didn't. It's basically a fifth and a sixth man. That's how powerful Kurt Rabush is. And you've got to promote him like that. But it's a shame he couldn't even deliver himself as a fifth man, let alone a bonus sixth man. They shaped that spot where he's the one. All five of them are in submissions, and he's the one that escapes to save the day. That's such an awesome spot. Knowing what we know of, like, murder, I hate this, but murder boy, yes. Ibushi, when he goes... That Ibushi. The only person who's allowed to go to that place. Yeah. <laughs> he breaks out because he's got inhuman strength, and one by one he picks them all off. The breakout didn't feel convincing, and until Claudio basically said, hit me again and hit me harder, none of the breakup submissions did either. And that was, and like, just the way he kind of moved around the ring at, like, a glacial pace, especially for him, a guy that, like, despite how laissez fairy is, he really wrestled with urgency as well. He kind of mastered He's absolutely incredible. He mastered so everything. So hard hitting. And mm. I, just, I saw nothing of what so, I know, know of him. So weird, because it's like, it's one thing to not be able to do, like, the Phoenix Splash. Yeah. For example, in that match, when he's rusty and he's broken, but, like, you know, kick people hard. Mm. It was just odd. <laughs> it was just really, uh, I was kind of alarmed. I just... I don't know what it must be like for anybody that... It's a bit light for wrestle culture, this, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anybody that's bought into the mythology of Kota Ibushi won't feel like their investment will have been paid off, I don't think, by Wednesday. I, I, there might be otherwise. Maybe this is just coming it's, in because we've got... There's a lot of really, really ultra-invested sentiment that goes into the Golden Lovers. Like, as, yeah. as parasocial as anything pretty much gets in wrestling... So maybe sentiment carried it over the line. Like that, he didn't. He got reactions all throughout the match for the things he did. Mm. I just, yeah, I think it's a, my issue. Was like it's the best one. I think yes, the best of the three. Oh, by far, by far, best of three. But I still don't. It hasn't helped me fall in love with it, and it, I don't think it'll rev me up for next year's. Unless, kind of for the first time in the match's history, the feuds where it needs to be as well. Mm. I think that's also been an issue. It's this. It's imperfect in a number of different ways. That was another thing we were talking about today, Sage. Like, what was better as a feud, JAS versus BCC or Elite versus BCC? Because I think there's pretty significant problems with them both. I don't think either of them were great, and together those two feuds have essentially spanned the entire lifespan of the BCC as a group, mm. which I think ultimately has kind of been a big missed opportunity. Yeah. Moxley now is the interesting guy, but when's he not? Yes. It's John Moxley, isn't it? There's always going to be something interesting happening around him. Uh, Sid, I was intrigued to get your thoughts on a uh, rumour that came out this week about a new Wyatt family that was uh, <coughs> apparently going to happen, uh, surrounding the likes of Mike Bennett and Eric Young being involved in it. Alexa Bliss, Who? obviously. Mike uh, Bennett and Eric Young? Yes. Okay, so they can be the workers. Um, <laughs> obviously, Bo Dallas, Uncle Howdy. Is there any scope for this ever no, to work? nothing. Bray Wyatt and can do in WWE will ever work. <laughs> we have said this for six years of podcasting at this point, there mm -hmm. are thereabouts. You cannot have supernatural powers and not be the champion all of the time and not be a joke. Mm. If you've got supernatural powers and the ability to summon invincibility, as Bray Wyatt did against LA Knight, why aren't you the champion then? Yeah. <laughs> like if you are unless you are hardcore Holly's self-penned fantasy booking run and you are a supernatural character in wrestling, it never works. It is impossible to work. The Undertaker, yes, I get it, but they protected that character. As goofy as it was, they realized what the character was and how powerful he should be. Even if you didn't like it, and I hated virtually everything outside of the ring with the Undertaker. Not my kind of thing. I could at least take that character seriously in that world just about, purely because he was, you know, like, impervious to pain. They didn't, when Yokozuna beat him in the casket match, they didn't unscrew the urn and the power flooded out of it. That's pretty dumb. And that was how he lost. It was that and 10 dudes beat him up. Yeah. Like, that was, that was tethered to reality. It was like, mm. we'll do that, and then maybe the 10 of us can stop him. You just accept, all right, 10 guys can beat him up. Because impervious is a bit of a ruiner, isn't it? You need to be beaten up and then come back. Yeah. And The Fiend could never be that. And I don't imagine they were going to get there with Uncle Howdy either. No. It, In that, it doesn't matter if you put Kenny Omega, if you can give scientific advancements in technology and make Bret Hart be 1993 Bret Hart again, 
you could give them a fleet of world-class workers to be in this Wyatt family. And Bray Wyatt's still in it. <laughs> I know that sounds harsh, but the character yes. is so fundamentally silly and unconvincing in the context of what a pro wrestling show. Put him in Lucha Underground and maybe it works. Yeah. Because WWE's stupid enough to give him magic powers and have those powers work against him. Imagine having the ability to summon maggots onto the ring canvas and that cost you victory. <laughs> Was like, it you who pointed out that at WrestleMania 33... When Bray Wyatt was projecting maggots onto the ring, not only did Randy Orton go, huh? yeah, and then just proceed to wrestle him again, like he didn't even show fear, but he walked on a ramp with a snake on him. Yeah, <laughs> far bigger. Like, and in the ring was the only place where Randy Orton couldn't have seen the maggots. You can't see them when you stood there. You're like, just seeing like some lights, some movement like there. Oh, this is pretty cool. It's like it's like my entrance by the way. So when uh, Taker fought Yokozuna and the, the blokes beat him up, if any of them had maybe done a stray shot that had been a bit stiff, what would it have sounded like when they got back through the curtain and how they could have possibly made amends for that sort of thing? Oh, my God. <laughs> Give us one of the ten. Uh, Other than Diesel. Crush. Crush. Brah. You know you're my boy, but you got to understand what this business is. You didn't in 2001, so I don't know what the f*** I'm saying this to you in 1994 is going to do. Tenru, you want to make it over here? You better learn to work, kid. I don't know how it goes over there, but here in the United States of America, we lay it in, punk. <laughs> I like that because that's different in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I like that. You got to lay it in. I'm lay it in too now. Don't, don't lay it in uh, too, <laughs> too stiff now. Shake my hand. Too goddamn hard. You know nothing about etiquette. You don't know nothing about nothing, Tenru. <laughs> and Crush, you know, you know how this goes. We're boys. Gonna give you a little receipt now. <laughs> what do you gotta do, Brian, to get on my good graces again? That's right, get me a case of fucking beer. <laughs> He's doing all this while still lying in the coffin. Hey, Yoko, get me out of here. Round again, Bones. I'm going to turn into bones if I stay in this goddamn casket. <laughs> I think sometimes you, uh, you put, put Taker in the casket, open that casket up again, he's gone. Replaced by a base. <laughs> hey, Take, you know you've only been doing this for about four years and you don't even bump. And now you need six months off? the hell's wrong with you, Take? <laughs> hey, you know Question of my manhood. Well, why do you need a holiday, Take? You only you don't bump it. It's only been four f***ing years. <laughs> I'll end your life, asshole. Hey, Fooch, come back here. Let's talk about the old days. <laughs> hey, Fooch, you don't get no guns around here. <laughs> hey, Vince, why the hell are you calling him Quang? Savio can go. BSK. Get a mask off that guy. He's a good looking motherfucker. Let's play Bones. Thanks for that. Just wondering what it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought that's, that's, that was every day in the locker room. <laughs> Nowadays, we've got to get ourselves together if we're going to stop these click assholes from taking over this business. Razor Raymond, who the hell is Razor Raymond? And you go over to you know Nassau, <laughs> and Nassau Coliseum, put me and Savio in there. We'll get you a house. What do you need that asshole for? Swiveling his hips around, ain't in business. I know business that is, and stripping. Ain't that right, Brett? <laughs> yeah, that's a boot right, T. <laughs> Speaking of stripping, Godfather, hook us up. We're going down cheetahs. It's all right if they do it. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right if all T gets a pussy in his face. <laughs> but no man can do it, you understand? It's a wrestling business. Not to get your dick out, business. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so it's so R.I.P. another marriage. Goddamn business. It's the way to roll. You're always on my mind. <laughs> Scott Hall, stealing things from the movies. You never see me stealing things from the movies except everything I learned in this goddamn <laughs> I like a Western. <laughs> you don't want to know why? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you even there were men on the frontier. <laughs> there were real men back there. Riding the rails, <laughs> digging, up, digging up gold, not dig things up. 
I'll put them back in the ground. I'm the undertaker. <laughs> Got a kinship. With the old Goldsman. <laughs> <laughs> was, the was, prospectors. Was it Tracy Smothers that was doing jobs in WWE in 96? And Gold, uh, Goldust was like, obviously being the most Goldust he'd been, an Undertaker said something pretty awful and inflammatory, like, oh, look, look what's, like, look what's happened to this guy. Look what's happened to this goddamn Tracy Smothers was like, aye, how many people have you seen come back from the dead, Mark? <laughs> Vince, get him out of my goddamn locker room. Get him out of the goddamn business, if anything. Blackball him, blackball him. Kick him out the door and he better leave a crate of beers for the boys behind. <laughs> Take him to wrestler's court. Here's your sentence. In a sentence, you're out of the goddamn fed. <laughs> Bradshaw, give me my gavel. Uh, well, somebody could be pulled in front of wrestlers court nowadays for uh, not respecting the legends. Is one Grayson Bloody Waller mm. making comments about The Rock now. He's worked with everyone. He's worked with Cena. <laughs> He's worked with Edge. This turnaround. What's he said? Come on, get some context for the people who don't follow WWE <laughs> supplementary material online. On SmackDown, what? he was going after oh, right, the Rock. On SmackDown. <laughs> we reviewed him. Really oh, did he? Uh, Remember, <laughs> in one ear, out the other. That's a problem now. People don't keep their goddamn ears open in this business. What did he say again? He basically said, um, he, The Rock cut a little promo on him, did he? Yeah, on like on social like, media. Or and Grayson Waller referenced it and said, Look, open invitation anytime you want to come in the Grayson Waller. Why is The Rock talking about Grayson Waller? All due respect. <laughs> uh, did he take the piss out of him after the scene, I think? Is that what triggered it? Something along those lines, yeah. Or maybe someone like had asked him a question about him. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, got potential, but I kick his ass. Uh, the Rock suddenly needed to keep his hand in again, all of a sudden. It'd be funny if after all this time that... The Rock just decides to squash him in two minutes <laughs> because his body will spontaneously combust if he works there. Roman Reigns for like more than four. I love The Rock to sort of give Triple H a call and be like, "Look, Hunter, you've seen the uh, the media. They're not really big fans of me at the moment. I could do with a bit of a boost. And every time I come home, I get the boost I need. It's like we'd love to have you. Triple H can't believe his luck. All of this, and he's getting The Rock back." I want to beat you in two minutes, Hunter. What a bottom people's elbow. <laughs> and we get the hell out of there. I'll see you later, Dwayne. <laughs> I'm retired. I'm retired. Sean, <laughs> you want to put over the rock? Remember he called his grandma a <laughs> I just love the fact that they are doing this sort of thing and referencing this sort of thing with Grayson Waller because they can see what potential that boy's got. I like any time, it doesn't really matter who it is, when it... Current wrestler is permitted to have a bit of guts against a legend. Oh, WWE yeah. went about 20 years, never, ever doing it. The Imperium DX thing this year blew my mind. I just never thought I'd see the I day. I hate how it got praised, but it was something. Aye, it's, it's, that's fair. It's absolutely in relation to the low bar. It's my smint. Just getting this smint on. That's wrestle culture, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, it's Friday. Smint. Oh, I should have a beer. Smint culture, if anyone. <laughs> like, they never do it. They never, ever did it, and... Triple H, I think, was di like by putting himself in the segment, was directly referencing that and thinking, "I'll try and do these differently." Because <laughs> Seth was there. We're all we're all part of the guy. Oh God, when he was trying to get in on the click. Oh hook. my God! Wow, <laughs> just that sad fear. I'm sure it was like Scott Hall, especially. T turn around. I want. I want yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all my back to him. <laughs> nice uh, stomp, Seth. Be a shame if somebody kicks out of it. Yeah, <laughs> I was on Bubba Ray Dudley, wasn't it? I perfect of all the people. He's another like, hey Vince, I thought Razor respected the business. He ain't respecting no bubba. He didn't tell us all like that. Take, think you might need to speak to the NWO. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, before we get to this week's hashtag bloody good quiz, um, there's going to be a podcast coming out this weekend. Me and uh, Andy did a, did a Q&A thing uh, on the YouTube channel recently. Got me into somewhat hot, hot water with uh, one of my answers in particular. Um, you'll have to go and listen to the podcast to find out how this time I've managed to get myself in trouble on the internet. But I thought I'd ask you the question. Uh, it was asked by someone called Big Jezza, who uh, basically said, what wrestler do you not get the hype for? Uh, his was uh, John Moxley, of all people. <laughs> Why would you? Huh? He's coming in hot with the type of take, though, isn't he, that I think you want out of hmm. people here. Like... Is, did he have a... Mox is the best. I mean, he is, isn't he? He's a hard one to find fault with, I think, John Moxley. Did Jezza flesh that out at all? No, I think it was just... It was very much uh, just... Uh, just I, I don't see what other people see or I don't get as uh, get as excited as maybe other people do when the, when he's doing his thing. Because obviously mm. he's, he's got a very unique presentation, John Moxley. Um, showcased by Blood and Guts, obviously. Mm. But, uh yeah... Is there a wrestler that most people love and you just don't understand why? Mine is Moxley, said uh, Big Jezza. Legacy-wise, like all-timers, we never really... this. He never comes up on these podcasts. I was never a big fan of The Undertaker. <laughs> never got it. Like, all joking aside, again, another thing me and Sidge bonded on quite early. Never got it. Never felt it. When you're a kid and you don't feel it, you can't, um, can't fake that, can you? Scared of him in 1991. Um, never liked his matches. No. Um, 97 takers. Pretty low-key goated. Yeah. Streak matches, pretty fantastic. But honestly, like, whenever he appeared on telly in a segment or a promo, I was always meerkatting around the liver, living room to make sure that my parents weren't going to walk in. Like, <laughs> genuinely. I think if... When Royal Rumble 94 still chills me to the core. <laughs> when you were younger, if Brett taught you what a good match was, Undertaker taught you what a bad one was. Yeah, yeah. A lot of time he was in there with trash as well, but nonetheless. The current one for me... Save for an incredible offering last week as Elia Dragunov. Really? Just like, I don't think, I don't think he works as a WWE TV character when he signed for WWE. So that was destined to happen. He was going to have to try and figure out how to be a TV character. I think the act is weird. He makes me feel uncomfortable. He's a wrestler I would not want to be in a room with. And the only people I can say that about is typically the NXT UK roster. <laughs> but like, I feel that about him in general. Um, and then the Braun Breaker match yeah. was this sort of like different chemistry. Uh, then All the Walter matches then. Well, then it made me, nah. Like, I love the Walter matches. Then man. it made me think I've not seen enough Ela Dragunov versus people that aren't like him because Walter's quite like him. Yeah. And I was like, and it, they've all, the tendency with him is to be like find mirror matches because they're going to like just beat the piss out of each other. And there's definitely an appeal in that. And there was some of that in the Braun match, but I just, I don't know if it was like the physical differences between the two or I don't feel like I've seen Ela Dragunov match before, which could be on me where you get a spot like that spear, that specific spear in the Braun match, it was like it almost got a bit flashier, and I'm a bit thick at my core in when it comes to my wrestling taste, and I like a little bit of that. Mm. And um, maybe that'll change it with Dragunov now. But previously, like the JD McDonough ones that people are raving over and the Tyler Bate ones, I just don't care. Like, they're all just, like, little fellas who want to, like, leave big red marks on the chest for the for the gram after the match, and I, I'm... Doesn't do anything for me. It's funny because they work for WWE, and I think Ilya Dragunov himself would probably describe his own matches as... Uh, oh, very entertaining. 
Who's it for you, Sid? Legacy, Triple H, Randy Orton, John <laughs> Cena, The Undertaker, Kane. Um, hmm. Current. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do not like the Bloodline saga. No. Okay. I think it's poorly acted. I think that it, like, it's pretentious. Like, I hate the insistence that it's great. Like the old Dutch Family Guy joke of, it insists upon itself. <laughs> That's the bloodline for me, genuinely. That being said, I look at Roman Reigns and I just feel like he's an absolute megastar. Yes. His performances are fantastic. I could do without the crying, to be perfectly honest. Um... I'm crying. Oh, you know. I'm not crying. It looks like the Homer Simpson giant made of solid gold with he all the jewels under his He does. Like, <laughs> like the guy it looks like God. His like, I like his incredulous laugh when someone like steps to him. Like you're joking. <laughs> like I love, apart from the crying, everything about the Roman Reigns act, and I never feel the cringe when the camera cuts to him. Mm-hmm. I think Jay Uso is not an actor, put it that way. Okay. It's Jay Uso for me. People want him to be the face of this company. People want him to be the one to end the Roman Reigns story. People absolutely have this huge emotional investment in him. Obviously, look at the reactions. I'm wrong to think this genuinely. Every time he has to emote, I'm watching a professionally trained wrestler pretentiously try and be an actor, and I think it is... Very personally, subjectively, I just cringe and think this is bad. This is actually bad. Capital A, capital B. Um, Scott, I don't like many people to be honest. Just thinking, obviously, because you, <laughs> you know you're you're prefer AEW. You've written a book about it, of yeah. course. I'm going to leave the rise of AEW available wherever you are in the world on Amazon right now. And I'm just thinking, in terms of the AEW roster, is there anyone that you're not so keen on, you don't get the hype for there? Would you say yes, or would you say... No! No, no, no! Obviously, Matt Hardy's a desperate carny <laughs> who... I was like, you know, I like to give back to the business and mentor the young guys. Like, I'm, I'm not saying this is a bit. The second episode of Dynamite from Boston, Aganis Arena... Young Bucks did more with Private Party in 12 minutes than Matt Hardy has done with them in like three years. Um, it's not a bit. It's the absolute... When were the hotter? Oh, no. I, I when agree. were the hotter than that? I totally agree. You were saying that thing the other day, like about the, the wrestling cliche of like, I just want to leave this business in a better position than I found it. Well, then you've got to leave. That's the rule. Right? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, after Matt Hardy got finished with them, I was saying, oh, my God, is that Private Party? <laughs> <laughs> right. So Matt Hardy, I don't think is... I think a lot of people just don't like him and see through him. So I don't think that's a sacred cow, which is the... <laughs> Not you, Daisy, don't worry. <laughs> which is what we're getting at here, right? A sacred cow that I stopped getting after 2001 as the Hardy Boys. I have no earthly idea. And again, the whole point of this is it's a sacred cow. I'm the one who doesn't get it. Like, just facing this unstoppable, massive army of those who do. That's what we're talking about yeah. here. The Hardy Boys, after 2001, it's 2023, why are you still going f***ing mad for them? <laughs> I just do not get it, like, literally at all. Um, That's industry-wide as well, because you've got, like, the WrestleMania pop, the AW run, full stop, the Ring of Honor, Expedition of Gold. People didn't necessarily like, like WWE guys who came into ROH, like Matt Hardy's a solo act being one of yeah. them. They just didn't go for that at all. Um, ROH, the hardcores in ROH, loved them. The AEW fans loved them. We mm. went to see them live mm -hmm. in person, unfortunately, <laughs> and they loved them. I just, what is it about the Hardys? Like, I, 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 I get Jeff's appeal. I'm not a big Jeff Hardy guy. Um, I get why they love Jeff. Or even then, it's like, can't cut a promo. He's very handsome and takes his top off. The dancing. Do people think it's cool? It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been punished for like years and years and years, the Hardy Boys. I don't understand. I don't understand wrestling fans sometimes in general where like the wrestling fan who says to you, right, why so negative? 
and people should just like wrestling. Thought wrestling's meant to be fun. It's like, how do you not hate it sometimes? Mm. How do you not get bored yeah. with it sometimes? You've been watching it every single week. There's no other other than soap opera. Like even soap opera, they kill the characters off because yeah. they mm -hmm. get boring. The Hardy Boys, like Matt Hardy will not die. <laughs> it's like what what is it? Matt Hardy Stronger than death. Stronger than death. Yeah. I do you believe you're right he is because he never gets killed off. You know? <laughs> like I don't understand how you can. It's like Dolph Ziggler, the Miz. This is a different kind of hatred that I have. Genuine hatred. I hate the strong word. Not strong enough for Road Dog, for Triple H, yeah. for the Undertaker, and for Kane. Like, the real just, bad guys. I hate watching yeah. them. It's not that. I just they're in that Dolph Ziggler Miz tier of I've. I don't want to watch you go through the same spots you do in every single match where it looks like you are physically pained doing them. What do people get out of the Hardy Boys in 2023? I'll never understand it. But it's different people, different needs. Mm. Like, I, he's like this, sample with the cribs. If I get, uh, if where's I, this going? If I get into like a band yeah. or a filmmaker uh, or a wrestling act, and then they simply stop being as good as they used to be. I've got absolutely no loyalty whatsoever. I don't get the cribs analogy, but I get the point you're making. But you know what I mean? Like maybe on some level, I'm kind of sociopathic because people are loyal to people. Give me loads of entertainment over like 20 years, and I just you know like it's not the best record, but I buy every record and I'll go to the gig. So oh, they were finished 10 years ago, so I'm absolutely done with them. You mean nothing to me? Jeff's, Jeff's a weird one in that respect because he was like. There was like I get superstars. Yeah, there was metrics to say that he was box was office. Super, as well. was a box, like, I get that. Like, he's a but again because so he of, made it to the top of his profession. <laughs> I was so would he all too often. Um yeah, he wasn't content with like building things made out of tinfoil and like <laughs> attaching fireworks to skateboards, whatever the hell he was into. Like art, I think he called it. But like the Hardy Boys make sense for Jeff Hardy, I think, because he can't goo like he used to. But if he's money the Hardy Boys as a tag team is a way to keep that going, and Matt Hardy's rubbing his hands together. Oh my yes. god! Oh my god! But he can't do much either. So like, uh, the, I do realize. like a, a modern day Matt Hardy. Uh, sorry, Jeff Hardy Swanton is a thing of beauty. Not for the business. I'm just like, I'm not paying any attention to the guy coming off the top rope. I'm keeping my eyes fixed on the guy on the ground. Oh, you bastard! I've just realised something horrible. Uh oh, are we going with this? I've just realized something absolutely horrible. The Canadian tour's finished. No! No, no, no! And that means now that Jeff Hardy doesn't have to, you know, now that he can travel freely between the, the, the places that AEW is running, it means I've got to come back. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! They're going to do FTR versus the Hardys at Wembley, aren't they? No, the Hardys will be on that show. Oh yeah, they will be, and people go nuts for them as well. Just arms folded. Nope. I hope I'm on the fucking hard camera when that happens. I'm sorry, that's my last swear of the of the day. Tony, I'll swear after the podcast. Yeah. He needs to, like, <laughs> there needs to be some sort of, like, nudge principle to the Wembley show. A bunch of tags. Because it is one of the, the nights where you want to get people on the roster. Let's have a few ten-mans and six-mans for the pattern early doors and then, like, five matches that actually matter. I'll take that with a proper pay-per-view the following week. The amount of people who... Who is more ruthless? He's not ruthless. He's got too many people in that room he can't say no to. The more that creative team expands, like, the kind of more... Bad the product gets. All in is like the first ever 58 man battle royal. Like it's not ruthless enough. The amount of people who are going to take advantage of that sweet man's good nature <laughs> and say, Well, Tony's been a dreamer, man. <laughs> ever since I was seven year old to walk on Wembley Way. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch FA Cup finals with my old granddaddy. Yeah, yeah, you know, that'll be great. That'll be great. I'll get you on the card. Oh, Wembley's going to suck now. <laughs> Well, Speaking of Wembley potentially sucking, my kind of irrational one, my, the most WWE brained I get is that I just cannot stand seeing best friends on television. I don't think they belong. Like, I, well, the, the best they friends belong, people who are obviously, best friends. they're over. Yeah. You can got, say that you don't like them and don't say they don't belong. Aye. They look to me like they don't belong and yet have a massive following that suggests otherwise. Like, I feel like, how has this happened? 
Like, how many mates must you have for this to continue unabated four years deep? Like, where's the quality control gone? Like, but then, like, Orange Cassidy's a part of them, so, like, right, we're still here. Yeah. Like, but, again, that's, like, to the original point of the question, like, we met people in Vegas that yeah. are best friend shirts. Plural. Bye. Plural. Like, there's obviously an appeal. And because of how AEW was formed, like, lots of that is going to be tied into wrestlers like mm. best friends. I just, I feel a bit like... When I look at best friends, like I'm the Miz to their Daniel Bryan on early NXT, you dumb rookies haven't done a goddamn thing and just like and it's that's it's a me problem. Yeah, I just don't get it. You don't like best friends at all. At all. Oh. All of our mentions are going to be fun this weekend. <laughs> uh, enough of all that. It's now time for a bloody good quiz. And this week's quiz is brought. What's to a quiz? quiz. <laughs> <laughs> What's a quiz? Is brought to you by Larry Dowdle from Australia. Cribs based Riz. You think I'd have some? <laughs> Larry uh, left us a lovely review. He writes, Great. If you like biased coverage from one wannabe booker who, in particular, favours one company over the other and creeps on another ad nauseum. Well, you loved, loved Raw and SmackDown well, this week. Quiz. He didn't write his quiz. I wrote it. What, what are you reading this out for then? It's a uh, five star review review. Uh, Did he do that? Couldn't find a better, you couldn't find a better five-star review of you. Just the most recent one. I just grabbed it. <laughs> We're slipping. Did he, he gave us five? No, he gave us his one. name. That's bullshit, man. You can't be reading out the one stars. That knackers the algorithm. Don't give a one star. Don't give him a platform. <laughs> What's his name? Larry. He's probably not listening. Thanks for the review, though. <laughs> Larry. No, the stars are... It's a mechanical operation here, man. It's all right. We've gone down somebody's podcast search because of him. It's fine. We've still got one of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- Yeah. You hear that? Flaming <laughs> glass. Glass. We've been eating Australian sweets in the office today. Yeah. Oh, Chris Darby for bringing Tim them Tim's. back. Yep. Tim Tim's. Yeah. Tim Tim's. Tim Tim's. Uh, Australian Freddos. What are they called again? Car- Caramel Freddos. Caramello Koala. Caramel Koala. Yeah, if you'd, if you'd have said, what do, you think, caramel spies, Nick. what do you think Freddos are in, in Australia? And I'd have said, I reckon they're bloody caramel koalas. You'd have said, we can't broker <laughs> But no, apparently that's the case. Uh, so today's quiz is all about shock title wins off the back of Dirty Darm. Ten questions, multiple choice. Shout your name. Wait for me to come to you. And remember, guys, it's just for fun. It's just for fun, okay? It's talking to you, that's it. Question number one. Nothing's fun. Nothing's fun. <laughs> I didn't like FTR versus Bang Bang Gang 2. Nothing's fun to me. <laughs> you like the Undertaker at work quizzes. Yeah. Well, loser buys a winner, create a beer. <laughs> Question number one. Nice, easy one to start. You didn't like the rematch. Oh, like it was very, 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 very good. And then yet again, yeah. it got in its own way. Aye. Let's soak in this history that we're making, boys. I don't know a lot about history. I didn't go to no museums when I was a young boy. But I know how to goddamn make it. We're doing it right here. So let's stand up and suck in the applause. I was confused because I I always thought he didn't chase. Oh. Me neither. Well, if only this was where Monday Night Raw was taking place and this could be the last battle of Atlanta. Heard of it. Maybe I do know a thing or two about history. <laughs> Rascal history. <laughs> history that matters. What was his uh, What was his thing where he was like, oh, I don't know. I ain't no movie star or nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't a drug and drink. I ain't doing this, Bruner. <laughs> right. Makes me don't want to drink margaritas. Carry on. Do the quiz. Okay. Question number one. Nice, easy one to start. At which pay-per-view did Jinder Mahal win the WWE Championship from Flip? Battleground 2017. No, dear, that's wrong. Which pay-per-view did Jinder Mahal win the WWE Championship from Randy Orton? Backlash, Extreme Rules, Money in the Bank, or Battleground? Uh, backlash. Yay! Glad to give you the options, because I was like, battle, Backlash, a payback? Yeah, same uh, same yeah. difference. Realistically. <laughs> it was at Backlash and not at Battleground. <laughs> You're grounded! Battlegrounded, but gender. Question number two. That's <laughs> why you said it. It's been implanted yeah. in your head. Gender's You've your parent in this. You could say that you have been <laughs> by Adam Wilborn. Yeah. Question number two. <laughs> when Jinder Mahal beats Randy Orton for the WWE Championship at Backlash, 
What colour shirts are the Singh brothers wearing? Pamphlet. Like greeny turquoisey colour. Yay! I've seen enough Twitter videos telling me it was a goated moment, the friggin' liars. Yes. Like the <laughs> sideways laughing emoji. Winner <laughs> <laughs> the title's crazy. Not enough people talk about that, Rain. <laughs> Question number three. Remember Cena, like, doing that thing with Baron Corbin, where Baron Corbin lost by a roll-up to Ginger and lost his money in the bank. And the story was, like, Cena went backstage, like, he's not got it, he's not got it. Yeah, he's yeah. He's just in the bin. I've only been gone six months. What the going on? I remember, uh, do you know what? I, I think I was at What Culture by that point. It feels like I was, yeah. And uh, I remember people going, guys, you idiots, let it play out. If you look, Jinder Mahal's foot's slightly under the rope, so that's going to factor into the storyline. Did it? No, he's just uh, incompetent <laughs> at, that, at that level, and in most levels, actually. Uh, right, question number three. Speaking of shock title wins, who held the WCW Championship for longer? David Arquette or Vince Russo? According to Wikipedia. Sidgwick. David Arquette. Yay! 12 days to seven days, I think it was. Question number four, two, one, Sige. Santino Marella won the Intercontinental Championship from Umanja in the Milan Miracle. But who held the title before Umaga? Was it Jeff Hardy, Shelton Benjamin, Rob Van Dam, or Ric Flair? Dolph Ziggler, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I should mean I should say I mean immediately before Umaga, not just name a former Intercontinental Champion. What are the options again? Jeff Hardy, Shelton Benjamin, Rob Van Dam, Ric Flair. Who did Umaga win it from before he lost it to Santino Marella? Humphrey. Shelton Benjamin. No, dear, that's wrong. Remaining options, please. Jeff Hardy, Rob Van Dam, Ric Flair. Um Ric Flair. No, dear, that's wrong. Question five. How old was Bob Backlund when he won the WWF Championship at Survivor Series 1994? 41, 43, 45, or 47? Hamford. Sidgwick. Go on, he got there first. 45. Yay! When he returned in late 92, and I'm sure he was going... 43 years old, but I've still got a lot to offer the great wrestling industry. Yes. And Vince was telling you, like, 43 is the oldest man alive. <laughs> Never get to 43. Never do that, kids. Ever. I'm only five years old. <laughs> Vince at the time was, like, sort of in his 50s. And yeah. Basically, yeah. Bob Backlund. What the hell? I hate my own industry. Yeah. I've signed Bob Backlund back. It's a weird dude, Bob Backlund. Did he the work? Fleece you for a book or something? Yeah. Yeah. I had to buy his book. Doing it for doing an interview with him over my first WrestleMania weekend, very wet behind the ears. I was like, okay, Mr. Backland, bought it, and he proceeded to just seemingly have a breakdown on camera for two minutes and then just walk away. And I was like, well, that was worth it. Nobody was filming, Bob. <laughs> 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 Who did uh, Backland lose the uh, title to? Do you remember? Uh, Diesel. And as Big Kev likes to say, after the, uh, after the match winning Jackknife, 50,000 people in the garden. It was that night. It was that night. Backland crawled on his hands and knees all the way down the aisle to the back, selling the jackknife. Might be a question on that later. Oh, so. thought. Question six. <laughs> what does I say? Two, two after five. Question six. Which of these men weren't in the five-way dance for the TNA title where AJ Styles shocked Kurt Angle to become champion? Any of the person who wasn't in the match? What a shock. Go on. Sting, Matt Morgan, Samoa Joe, or Hernandez? Which of these men weren't in the five-way dance for the TNA title? Hamford, Joe. Yay! What belt was he busy fighting for? Uh, Legends? X-Division? X-Division is correct. Bonus point, no. <laughs> <laughs> Questions? Hernandez was so good for a bit, you know. Oh, God, I was no. worked into thinking he was the net, like, because he was a bit bigger in TNA, which then you get to WWE, he's like, he's 5'8". Yeah. But like, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, Vince is going to love him because he's massive and can fly. The same mistake we made with like so many other guys. Aye. Like probably like Mike Awesome would have been the last one. I think, well, when Vince gets his hands on him, yeah. he's going to ruin it he's like he ruins everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just if Mike Awesome was just Kane. 
Yeah. <laughs> My like, life would be so much better. And Mike Orson comes in, and first they're like, right, you've got to do Undertaker stuff. But if this character gets over and you've got a year, surprise people with your dive, with your killer awesome bomb. Imagine that. I know. Jesus Christ. Should have got him to play Kane. That would have been absolutely brilliant. I've always had this idea in my head because I hate Kane that much. <laughs> so what if Mike Awesome played Kane? He's a big lad. Yeah. It wouldn't, the hair coming out the mask. Yeah. It wouldn't have got past Mania, though, would it? It's like Undertaker backstage. It's a bit hard for me there, Vince. Yeah, Not so awesome if you ask me. Maybe six months in Philly might uh, smoothen the edges. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go sit over there because Shawn Michaels looking like he ain't going to want to take a fall tonight. <laughs> I want to take my fists up. I create a beard, not for the boys, for Steve Austin. Steve he's, Austin. He's pulling the wagon now. And if Taker ain't got no ego, then nobody does. Got it? Good. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd I never get to pull a wagon? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, when I pulled the wagon, the business wasn't doing too great. <laughs> the f***ing wheels <laughs> fell off the wagon again, Vince. <laughs> I, need my, I need myself some Jack. <laughs> <laughs> a bottle of Jack Daniels in my hand and a stripper's pussy in my face. <laughs> that's all. Uh, that's all. Take needs. <laughs> Godfather serves you by the bottle. Only strip joint I know where you can play dominoes with titties in your face. <laughs> Only place in the world I know where you can play bones while you've got a. <laughs> Taker only got two friends in this locker room. Jack Daniels and Jim Beam. They're the only <laughs> friends I need. How was the uh how was the whole shark experience the other day, Take? Uh, he knew what he was doing. Uh he knew who he was messing with and he swam away promptly. Uh he didn't respect the business, the business of marriage. Took me a few turns, but I got it in the end. Guess that shark don't work smart right now. Uh, he ain't gonna bother you no more, Michelle. Great White was 20 foot long. <laughs> I said, get out of here, man. I fought bigger men than him. You seen a big show? Ever, <laughs> ever heard of him? Took that guy to the desert. He walked back. Didn't see no shark walking back through the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Question seven. Three, two, two. I uh, took that shark's <laughs> teeth out. Learn from my old man, my old friend Isaac. <laughs> Tell me how to do that. Shark don't get changed in this dressing room no more. <laughs> <laughs> you get changed in the hallway, shark. There's a space in the closet next to referees. <laughs> Bust your ass down, you gotta work your way back up. That shark came back. What was hanging off the hammerhead? A crate of beers. <laughs> <laughs> So like those rings around his head. I thought it was a good touch. <laughs> that, pop, that popped the boys. He's getting, he's getting, back, he's getting back now. Good graces, that shark. Bradshaw, get my coconut gavel. <laughs> he just really popped the boys out there. Guess like all his hanging off the following holiday. Guess he see holiday wrestlers caught. Like, like a tiki bar. Hey, hardcore, there's a basket shark here that don't respect the business. <laughs> Put that asshole on trial. This guy spent four years as a race car driver. Did he ever complain? No. You shut up, Dwayne. <laughs> Did double duty, actually. He had two, <laughs> he had two jobs. <laughs> he put him on that track. He beat everybody. You know, I just what I love about Thurman <laughs> is that that's when there were real men in this business. Yeah, Thurman was the best. Where's Thurman? He's at the gym. That's how he looks like that. And no other reasons. <laughs> Check the legal records. We won in court. U.S. government came for us and we said, F go off. Only one court I respect. <laughs> Don't tread on me. <laughs> I went to the judge that day who had Vince McMahon on trial and me and him did a Spider-Man meme. He knew. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> Question seven. 
The Mountie beat Bret Hart for the IC title with the help of what? Owen Hart, his shock stick, Roddy Piper, or a moose? Pamphlet. <laughs> shock stick. Yay! And then saying that Bret had a hundred degree flu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Protect the business. Question eight, four two. Question eight. Former tag team champion Nicholas has a banner picture on Twitter featuring himself. Why look at the Teddy Rules on Twitter? Braun Strowman <laughs> and who? <laughs> Why? Oh, I wanted a question about Nicholas that wasn't just who did they beat at WrestleMania 34. So who's the picture with? Vince. Oh, Vince take Brock. Some risk if you want to be a real wrestling historian. Vince Brock, Shane, or Triple H? Sidgwick, uh, little suck ass, wants a job. Triple H. Yay! He's doing the point. Oh! Question nine, four, three. Sidge, to tie this up and take us to our final question. <laughs> Where's the book, Pete? <laughs> Where's the book, Will want? <laughs> How fast did Diesel beat Bob Backlund for the title in MSG? Four seconds, six... Six, eight seconds. Yay! Four, four. Tie it up. All comes down to this. Tie break up. We when? called it Broadway when I was a young man. <laughs> Never could work one. <laughs> Did I ever? Don't take her every going hour. I think I would have remembered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think you ever did. I think even Kane felt like they went an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah, they wrestled. Yeah. Question 10. When Michael Sidgwick defended Punk versus Mox, which insult did Twitter user Max use against him? Was it sludge dick? Sidge prick, twatnik, or moon prick dick. Sidgwick, it's not D. Okay. Because that was years ago. Yes. Was that when we had our comment sections on the website? Which is moon prick dick. It's the best of all time. Go through the options again. Sludge dick, sidge prick, or twatnik. Sidge prick. That wasn't an option. Oh, Sidgebrick, sorry. Yes. No, dear, that's wrong. Ooh. Yeah, D was the only one who knew it wasn't. How did uh, you find this? I had it. I had found it in an old old quiz. Oh, you okay. helped me write the uh, the possible options, I oh, remember. Because right. I remember you coming up with D and me going, what? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I was like, you need to show me this. Uh, so your options are sludge dick or twatnik to either win or tie. <laughs> I think it's got to be Twatnik because that's very Twitter. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. It is. But where's the I'm Nick quite glad about that there. because Sludge Dick was one from the YouTube comment, uh, the What Culture old comments section. It's like, that, I hope that hasn't like been. Sludge is occasionally like affectionate, isn't it? Right, like off the back of that. Yeah. Right? Whereas, like, it's not even Twatwick. Like, where's the Nick <laughs> bit come yeah. from? That's, that's the most Twitter element of it. I've got, I've got a real singer for him. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, well done. Good quiz. Good quiz. To Michael Hamlet, the winner of this week's quiz. Let us know how you got on on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch that. You can follow all three of us, of course. You can follow Michael Hamlet on Twitter at... Michael Hamlet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick on Twitter at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. And therefore, you can let us all know your thoughts on the people we don't think are worthy of the hype. <laughs> uh, follow us all on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, myself and Michael Hamlet have previewed SmackDown. Everyone's there. Myself and Michael Sidgwick have previewed AW Collision as well. And as I said, that wrestling Q&A, myself and Andy Murray answering all your burning wrestling questions, is coming your way later on this weekend. Myself and the Dadleys will be back eventually. But for now, this has been WrestleCulture. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. My thanks to Michael Thanks to you for joining us, and we will see you soon. WrestleCulture is recorded in front of a live studio audience. It's beautiful. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.